Yeah, let's start with the uh, big news of you signing with Memphis 901 FC, John. Mm-hmm. Kind of what, what led you to pick them, ultimately? Yeah, no, I was, I was super excited to sign for them. And um, honestly, there was a, a lot of different um, reasons for, for doing so. And first off, like, man, it was a, it was a tough offseason, just a, a really tough time to be out of contract. Uh, you know, I still got a lot of really good friends and really good players that are out of contract and don't have teams yet. So um, there was a, a good stretch there of four or five months where there was a there was just so much. Um, everything was so stagnant. There wasn't much player movement. So uh, a tough off season, But um, sometime around February, Memphis uh, showed some interest and got in touch with my agent. And we just sort of started having a little bit, uh, you know, more advanced discussions and. Uh, I was able to speak to their head coach, and, and it, uh, it just seemed like the, the right fit. I really liked uh, his mentality and what he was going to bring to the team, and uh, just a really good opportunity for me. Uh, you know, and obviously being pretty close to home was, was uh, a nice little cherry on top. Kadeem Dakers went with you as well, right? He, he got to, that's, that's awesome. So it's got to be cool to play with somebody that you kind of were familiar with. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Deems, uh, Deems had a really, really good presence so far. And, uh, he's a really good player, really good player. But it's like you said, it's really nice coming into a new team in a new environment with, a with a familiar face. Well, it's, it's an interesting situation there with, uh, you've got Tim Howard, the owner slash sporting mm-hmm. director and, mm-hmm. uh, slash player still or <laughs> uh, well tim tim does not train with us and i don't think he has any intention on playing um uh, you know i don't know if he's made a formal announcement or you know but i i think it's yeah. it's pretty apparent that he um he doesn't have any interest in playing anymore um so yeah it's um it's it's funny how um you know, how he was able to balance a couple things within the past couple of years. But like I said, I think his playing days are over. How, how is it having, has he been around at all during any of your training sessions or getting back? Like, is it, is it cool to kind of get to work with somebody like him or has he been a little bit hands off? Yeah, no, I think uh, his role with Memphis is definitely a little bit more hands off, more, more front office okay. kind of behind the scenes. Um, but you know, me and him were able to play together in Colorado for, for two years. And, uh, I was really able to, to learn a ton from him then and, and soak up a ton of information. Um, you know, just being on the field with him every day then. So I feel like I'm, I'm still carrying a lot of what I learned, uh, then, you know, into training every day now. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about training, what do you feel like is one of your, your biggest like strengths or attributes that you bring to a team? As a keeper, uh, you know, I, I think um, off the top of my head, I'd say sort of uh, just my my presence and, and being able to, to organize. I think that's a, a pretty big upside for me, um, as well as being able to you know come off my line, uh, whether that be for you know for crosses, for through balls, for one v ones. I think those things um, are, are pretty good attributes of mine. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that vocal point. I remember all the games that you got to play here in St. Louis. I remember hearing you on the field every time. Very big leader and 
I, I feel like that played a big part in how the, the games went this past season with St. Louis. Yeah, no, and, and you know, I think as a, as a young goal, you don't really – you don't really think that stuff is important, but, you know, the older you get and the higher the level, you know, just being able to, to organize your center backs and your center mids and, and just the guys in front of you, right? Like, um, if I don't have to make a save all game, that means I, I did something right. That means I was organizing. That means I had the guys in the right spot and, and made sure they were switched on. And, you know, it's that's such a, a big part of the game that, like I said, I felt like, you don't really grasp when you're younger, but the older you get, the more, you know, um, the difference of a, a center back being two yards to his left as a pair, as opposed to being two yards to his right, you know, exactly. that's a, a through ball for a goal or that's the defender, you know, cutting out a pass. And um, like I said, just those, those little margins. So uh, the, the organizational um, part of goalkeeping, I feel like is definitely – I've I've grown with that, and uh, I think that's a, a pretty good attribute of mine. Yeah, or or a kick save from Burner, you know. Yeah, <laughs> love throw good, that in there. Love a good kick save. I love a good. Oh kick yes. Save. And yes. sweet one, your first this first week against Birmingham. <laughs> oh yes. That's a- yeah, and that's that's actually something we uh, we really worked on a lot this off season. Um, myself, Mark Pace, and Tomas Gomez, we. Uh, we worked pretty hard and we were able to train together and uh, we sort of went back to the drawing board, sort of reassessed some things and, and we worked on a couple of things and, you know, being able to use your feet for some saves was one of them. So uh, I was happy that it, uh, it came off in the game. That's, was, that's awesome. Was there anything you really like picked up from, from Kyle Morton last season? Um. Honestly, you know, not off the top of my head. I think Kyle's um, Kyle always seemed like a, a pretty level-headed guy in training, and, and I'll, I'm a guy that I think you can, whether you're the one, whether you're the three, whether you're, you know, a, a World Cup winner or, or um, you know, I think every goalie can learn from each other. Um, so a big thing I took from Kyle is just sort of um, – I would say his sort of level-headedness every single day in training. He never really seemed to get too high with the highs or never really seemed to get too lows with the lows. And I think that was a a pretty important personality trait of his that, that was able to allow him to have a good season the past two years. Yeah, he has like a cool era to him. When we were talking to him, I remember thinking like, man, he's just he's just cool. He's he's always cool, which is cool exactly. to see in a, in, out of a keeper. Yeah, yeah, and, and like I said, I think that, I think that's a trait that uh, you know, you can go a long way with that, and I think that's what was able to have, um, allow him to have some success these past two years. Yeah, it really makes a lot of sense, kind of as like a goalkeeper or like a closer in baseball. Like it's a lot of pressure on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. So you really gotta move on quickly, right? No matter right. the result. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And, you know, even just training with Kyle every day, it was a, it was a good experience. And, um, you know, when you're able to talk to different goalies from different backgrounds and different sort of training methods and, and what worked for them and maybe what didn't work for them. So, um, like I said, that's the first thing that can kind of um, comes to my mind. But, like I said, it's every day, every week, you're just, like I said, you're sort of constantly tweaking things and, positions techniques all these all these different things so um it was really enjoyable working with him 
Now, for you personally, do you view yourself as more of like somebody that brings in the competition with your other keeper or more of like a knowledgeable, let's kind of teach each other through the training sessions? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think it just it depends on the situation. It depends on the personalities. I, I think in any pro environment, there's always going to be competition. Like that's just true. That that's the nature of the beast. So it's not necessarily a, a thing that you can avoid. Um, but I don't know if my mindset every day is just okay. I'm I need to compete. I need to be better than this guy. It's it's more or less. Hey, you know, let me worry about myself. Uh, and, and I think training every day with the same couple guys as a goalie. You know, you sort of it's much easier to um, to train together every day when there's some good camaraderie and, and you guys are getting along together, even though there may be competition. Um, like I said, I think that's kind of an, an understood thing for, for pro goalies is to yeah. look, <laughs> there might be three, four, five of us training today, but guess what? Only one of them can play on the weekend. Um, so it's just about sort of taking care of yourself. Yeah, of course you're competing. And of course you, you know, you're working hard. Um but I, I don't think that that's, you know, like I said, some guys have that chip on their shoulder and they do that every day and, and they're able to sort of, it's, it's me against you type thing. But for me, I think I just, you know, let me worry about myself and, and the rest will sort of fall into place. I feel like we got that vibe from last year's St. Louis FC team. You guys were, you guys all, it just seemed they had a really good relationship with each other. And it was, yes, like you say, it's competitive, but also at the same time, you guys were buddies and you hung out outside mm -hmm. of it and you trained well. And, you know, no matter who was in the lineup, you guys seemed to always have each other's backs, which I feel like helped with our, 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 our run this past year. Yeah, no. And, and I, you know, I think a, a lot of pro athletes in, in, in any sport, right. When, when you have a good locker room and a good group of guys, it obviously shows on the field. And, uh, you know, maybe when the, the locker room isn't so good or, or, or guys are, are, are fighting with each other or, you know, having bad attitudes, then it shows on the field. Um, so I think, like you said, it was a, it was a, um, a, a definitely a, um, a reason I think why we had so much success on the field was, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of good guys, tight knit guys uh, in the locker room and off the field. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So um, yeah, good, good group of guys. Was there a standout moment from last season, St. Louis FC, for you? Um, a couple come to mind when you, when you ask that. I, I'd say, and, and like, and man, it was such a weird year last year. Um, you know, trying to think back about the year and the timing of things and the games. It was just such a, a unique year that brought so many so many new difficulties that you're just, you were so, you know, you're not used to dealing with. Um, one of the big ones was honestly the, the first game against Miami. Uh, you, we kind of forget that that actually happened because it was right before everything shut down. Yeah. But, um, you know, I remember Miami was supposed to come in and, and you know, they were sort of, um, they were getting a lot of good press and, and um, you know, beating them four one was really cool. And then, um, you know, I, I had been to a couple of St. Louis FC games before that, um, you know, 2019, I was out injured. So I went to a lot of the games and, and seeing them do the sha la la in the corner, um, was, I, I just remember always thinking like, man, that was really cool. So, 
being able to do that with the boys after the Miami win was a really cool experience. Uh, and then, you know, another one that comes up for me is the, my, my first game back um, against Kansas City. Um, you know, uh, some injuries, some, some not so good situations with other clubs and, you know, having to take 2019 completely off and sort of fighting my way back just to get an opportunity to play. Um, you know, and, and being able to do that in front of my parents, we shared a, uh, a really cool moment after the game. And, and like I said, just, just getting myself back to that point was, was a pretty cool moment. And oddly enough, that was the game I, I went up and I, uh, I didn't score the header, but I, um, it wasn't as, yeah, it wasn't as good of a header as Allison Becker's this past weekend, but, huh. um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, like I said, it was just kind of a, a cool little moment, um, for myself and uh, something I'll, I'll definitely remember about that year. And then honestly, the last one is, is probably just, um, you know, not only making the playoffs coming, you know, coming out of the group of death when, you know, you got Louisville Indy who are probably the two favorites. So not only did we come out of that group, but we won our first playoff game. And I, I believe that was the first playoff game won in club history. So, um, like I said, just, just being able to be a part of that was all really cool. And those are probably, uh, the, the top three memories that, that I can remember from last year. Tons of history in, in those two seasons. Do you, do you feel like battle, that battle to get back after taking off a, a whole year kind of helped you with the whole quarantine and COVID I'll say era of off season? You know, I I don't know. I, that's um, I don't know if that necessarily helped me. I I think you were a little bit, I would say, used to the like I said, having to take twenty nineteen off. It it, it puts you in a pretty dark place. But um, the the COVID area and the off season and the extended off season, it was it was like you said, it was something I'd already sort of been through and experienced. So. Um, it certainly doesn't make it any easier, but I would say I was a little more familiar with it. I maybe handled it a little bit better. Um, so that, like I said, it doesn't, by no means does that make it any easier. Um, yeah, you're, yeah. you're just, you're just a little bit more aware of the situation. And um, like I said, you can, you can kind of handle with and, and deal with it a little bit better. Yeah. Agreed. Earlier, you mentioned your time in Colorado with, with the Rapids and Tim mm-hmm. Howard. Um, what, what was that like being selected in the MLS draft? And uh, what do you take away from your time with the Rapids? Oh, wow. All right. So I'll, I'll kind of give you guys a full rundown of the, the whole draft story. And then I'll, I'll sort of dive into my time in Colorado. So, um, you know, coming off of, of college, I, I had a pretty good last two years at SIUE. Um you know, got some recognitions and, and you're always sort of gauging, you know, where do I have a chance? Do I not have a chance? You know, are people noticing me? Am I going to be able to play pro? All these different things. So um, I'll, I'll never forget it. So I believe back then, so like the first two rounds of the MLS draft were on like a, a Tuesday and then they would break a couple days. And I think the next ones were on a Thursday or something like that. Um so this was obviously, um, you know, college careers over. Uh, me and Brian Jones, the goalie coach at SAUE, who actually happened to be the goalie coach at St. Louis FC, 
Um, you know, we were putting in a lot of work that off season, sort of preparing for the combine, preparing for different sort of tryouts, this and that. So, um, you know, we were putting in a lot of work. And um, so the first two rounds of the MLS draft were on a Tuesday. And I, I specifically remember both my parents were like, hey, you know, like, should we take off work? Do you want to have people at the house? Like, you know, what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, no, no, you guys are good. Like, there's no chance I'm going in the first two rounds. Like, don't even worry about it. <laughs> you know, just treat it like another day. Um, so me and Brian Jones, we, we had just got done uh, with the training session over at SIUE. Um, you know, it's, it's winter, it's cold, but, um, so we popped into this bar called shenanigans and we were just going to watch it just to sort of, you know, sort of see, you know, how it went and, and what guys went. And, um, so we popped into this bar shenanigans. It's, it's pretty empty. Like I said, it's a Tuesday afternoon and, um, a couple of my buddies had come up just, like I said, just to sort of watch it. We had expectations that my name would get called, um, but sure enough, um, as we were watching it, um, TV with the 35th pick, you know, Colorado selects John Burner. That was a, a really special moment. And um, it's funny because I, I think a lot of guys kind of get the phone call before they get drafted, um, whereas I didn't get that. You know, I got the phone call directly afterwards, but I, I found out literally from watching the TV. And then um, – you know, after that, it's just it's um, the water works and you're calling your parents and your family. And it was, it was just a, a really, really special moment that I'll, I'll never forget. It's almost cool how genuine it was, like to not expect it. And then just that emotion just had to have been like some something unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it was a, a, a really, really special moment. And um I think so, you know, I think my parents still had their home phone. Um, obviously, those are kind of a thing of the past now, but my, <laughs> yeah. par- my parents still had their home phone. And uh, that was like, you know, my first phone call after I found out. And uh, and I was crying, you know, like I said, I was bawling my eyes out. Um, but I left a voicemail and I think they uh, I think they saved that voicemail. I don't know if they still have it, but um, like you said, it was it was definitely genuine, um, very emotional, but, you know just a, a dream come true yeah, that's super cool had had there been any communication with Colorado did you know they had there was any inkling of interest um no not specifically with Colorado so um like I said you, you know you go down to the combine you know maybe a couple different teams sort of interview you or, or ask you some questions or um, you know and, and by then you have an agent so your agent might be saying hey you know this team might be interested um, but I remember, uh, you know, in the final, um, they were sort of kind of in limbo. Like I said, they didn't really show their cards too early, they didn't, you know, going into that off season. Um, they didn't really have, um, you know, the, the pieces in place to be making decisions very early. So I think that's kind of, um, you know, maybe why it uh, lag really hear from them, but um, it was, yeah, it was a great. And then I guess as a follow-up at what, at what point in your playing career did you think you had a chance of becoming a pro? Was it in high school or Mm. some point at SIUE? Um, You know, I I don't know if, 
I don't know if there was a point. I, I, I can be a pro. I, I think, you know, growing up, you know, I, I played, played a bunch of different sports, sports um, soccer probably being the main one, and just wanted to be a pro athlete. And, and you know, as I sort of took to soccer a bit more, um, excelling a little bit more, and I remember um, going, I think, um, you know, you're, you're walking around the facilities, and, uh, and this, was, this was when Kevin Kalish was still the head coach at SAUE. I remember, you know, sort of sitting down in his office and just sort of telling him, like, hey, like, you know, I, I want to play professionally. And, uh, you know, that was in, what, 2009, 2010, um, you know, just coming out of high school. So I think the uh, I think the desire was always there. Um, like I said, I'm not quite sure there was a moment where, oh, like, oh, hey, I, I can or I'm able to or um, – but like I said, I, I remember going into his office and, and saying that I wanted to. With that, we'll move into some kind of more lighthearted, rapid-fire questions. That's all right with mm. you. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So some of your teammates believe you had the best hair on the team last year before you buzzed it all off. Would you agree oh, with that? Man. And what led you to chop it all off? Um, wow. Honestly, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment because um, so it, it was funny right when COVID started, um, you know, there was no real end in sight. So I was just sort of like, hey, I'm just going to you know, grow my hair out, you know, get some good flow going. And, uh, and I was kind of committed to that. Um, there were there were a couple bad couple bad weeks during the awkward stage. Because their hair out like, you know, you always got that awkward stage where it just looks like. Um, so I had to fight through that, but as we were starting to um, you know, get a nice beat on the flow, it's a, it's a solid look, but, but um, no, so I, I felt like I was, I was really close to having some good hair. I don't know if I had grown it all out yet or if I was, um, where I wanted to be, but I was really close and, um. So I, I chopped it all off sort of before my first game back. It's just kind of like a, a fresh start, kind of a signifying of like, you know, hey, this is, um, yeah, just kind of like a, a fresh start to my to my playing career. And um, honestly, playing goalie with really long hair is pretty difficult as well. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's just kind of uh, how it went down. But I didn't know the the, the boys thought that. That's uh, that's nice to know. We, we've had some comments on the pod. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> what were some activities or things you did to um stay entertained during the pause, like midway mm. of the season? Um honestly, just you know, it it was a it was a weird um timing because you, you know, you had just gotten through preseason, you just played your first game. There was a there was kind of like a, a good fitness base that you were had built up. Um so it, there was a, a fine balance of, you know, we, like I said, we had no idea when we were going to be back when we first started. So it's, you know, do we take time off? Do you still sort of put the pedal to the metal with your fitness and your weight? So um, I, I definitely tried to, to stay as fit and, and um, uh, limber as possible. I, d- I did a lot of yoga. Um, and, and honestly, one of the biggest things that I did was play golf. You know, I think that was one of the only things, if I recall, outdoor activities that were allowed when everything first shut down. So 
I definitely, uh, I definitely played a lot of golf, and that helped. <laughs> that, yeah. helped golf, that helped my golf game quite a bit. Uh, it, it helped the retirement game. Yeah. In the next <laughs> ten years down the road. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I, I played a little bit of golf. I, you know, I did a little bit of Spanish just at home. Just, you know, just just little things that just tried to keep you busy. Um, I don't know if there was one main thing that I did, but honestly, like I said, it'd, it'd probably be golf. Who's the better golfer, you or Kyle? I'll take that one. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. Sorry, Kyle. Honestly, like uh, Kyle, ha- Kyle has a really good swing. I remember the first time playing with him. I was, I was, um, you know, it's it's hard. It's very hard gauging where like where guys are, or if guys are good at golf. Some people say they're good and they're garbage, and then some people say they're garbage and they're very good. So you don't really know until you golf with them, but. I remember golfing with him the, for the first time. He had really good swing, really good swing, but he's using clubs from like the 1970s. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, if you just get some proper clubs, like, you can be a pretty good golfer. So um, I actually, I actually caught up with him a couple of weeks ago, and it sounds like he uh, he ended up investing in a, in a nice pair of clubs. So I think his game's probably um, gotten a little bit a little better bit. since then. Yeah. Cool, you guys cool. have to get back out there. Oh, yeah. yeah do, you, do you have any uh, pre-game rituals, meals, like music you have to listen to? Um, I, I feel like um, earlier on in my career, you were, you were very, um, I don't know, okay, this had to be this way or I had to listen to this song, whereas the older I get, you know, you sort of, you do, you do a couple little things at home, um, you know, I like to meditate. I like to um, just get in a good headspace before a game. Um, you know, maybe I'll listen to some some similar songs on the way to the game or in the locker room or, um, you know, just I, I feel like all pretty, pretty standard things, nothing that really sticks out. You know, like some guys have crazy, crazy pregame rituals that they have to do or um, but I feel like mine are, are pretty standard. Cool. Did you have any teammates with weird rituals or habits that's that you can recall? Mm. That's a tough one because I feel like I've had a, a good amount of teammates, uh, a good amount. Um, I remember in, in Colorado we had this guy, Axel Hoiberg, Schoberg, however you pronounced it. And I think his, his sleeping schedule was um, – he was very particular about – you know, the hours he slept or, uh, you know, night before a game, it was, it was very, very specific. I can't recall the exact details, but I remember thinking like, okay, wow, that's, um, that's interesting, but I guess, Hey, it worked for him. And, and I guess at, at this point in time and at this level, it's just like, you know, you do what you got to do and everybody has their own sort of idiosyncrasies and, and the, um, their rituals. So like I said, whatever works for you. You're a pretty big Liverpool fan, as we mentioned that mm-hmm. uh, Allison Becker goal earlier. Yeah. <laughs> how did how did you become a fan of Liverpool? Um, that's a good question. Honestly, I think uh, I think it it kind of started with Stevie G. Um, okay. I I just remember like you know watching him as a player, and he, he was just you know he was so good in everything he did. Uh, you know, just I remember watching like his his long distance strikes and, and his incredible passing ability. But, you know, he just had that grit about him, too. You know, 
his leadership, his grit, getting stuck into tackles, sprinting four yards to, to, to track a guy down. And I, and I feel like that was, that was pretty rare. So I think Stevie G was the first thing that sort of, um, I would say had me watching Liverpool. And then you sort of, you know, you, you learn about the history of the club and, and, and just the city of Liverpool um, and, um, you know, the fan base. And, and like I said, it just it just kind of grew from there. Did you have any goalkeepers that you idolized growing up or still kind of model your game after today? Obviously, Tim was a big one. Um, Brad, honestly, like the American playing overseas, cool and just knowing that um like it's specifically but being an american and, and playing on the world's biggest stage i thought that was always really cool um and then sort of as i was you know developing, i would say manuel nor was a was a pretty big influence um a little bit more of the, the germans um you know and, and how they played and, and their explosiveness and aggressiveness i, I don't know if there's one individual one but uh I would say those are the, the, the type of goalies that fit my style a little bit more. Okay, okay. All right. It's 2023. Who is the starting goalkeeper mm. for St. Louis City SC? It can be yourself. <laughs> uh, don't be shy to, to pick yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, yeah, that's that's a great question. Um and I guess before I can answer, um, we've probably got a head coach in there first. You got to get a goalie coach. You got to see you know, the team wants to play and things. But um, we've got we've got goalie coach figured out. It's it's Brian Jones. He's bringing you back round three with no, Jones. Honestly, round three. Uh, that would you know don't want to get too ahead of my. But that would obviously be a, a, a dream come true, whether it be in 2023 or, 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 or whenever and over the next uh, however many years I continue to play. That would obviously be a, a dream come true. Well, well, we're pulling for you over here. Uh, I'm team burner. Let's, let's throw him in there. Let's do it. Appreciate that, guys. Thank you. St. Louis is like a goalie factory with you and Gomez and what we got mm-hmm. uh, Nashville. Uh, Joe Willis, Willis. Know, yeah. Honestly, yeah. It, it is it is um, crazy to me. You know, Connor Sparrow in Miami, um, mm-hmm. Jake Leaker in Pittsburgh. Couple good young guys coming up now. You know, even um, Louis Softner. He won a national championship with Indiana. Uh, you know, had he got drafted by the Revs. Kevin Corby. Um, you know, the, the list goes on. Nick, you know, the list can go on and on. Nick Coleco played with him in college. Scott Meyer, there were just, it is funny how St. Louis just, you know, pumps out goalkeepers. I don't even know, you know, Mark Pace, really good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, like I said, the list goes on and on. It's something crazy. in the water here. Something in the water, that's it. <laughs> well, we always got to end the pod with, with this question. What is your favorite place to eat in St. Louis? Oh man, you can't even get like, like a type of food, or you can't. You know, it's just it's just generic. What's my favorite? Where's my favorite? Not even the type of food, but okay, like 
It's, it's your my, last meal. My it's, favorite it's, place to eat. You it's move my, into Memphis. You're about to get your last meal. What, what are you picking? Mm. Honestly, I got to go pizza. And um, I know it's a, a pretty big controversy, but I, I just I feel like I can never go wrong with emos. That's my um, guy. Yes. I just I always <laughs> felt like that's when I think of like, OK, what, you know, what do what I what do I want to eat when I'm home? Um, or, you know, even if it's I'm in town for a couple of days, it's like, where do I have to go in order to sort, sort of get that that fix in? And it's, it's always Emos or, you know, whether it be Cecil Whitaker's or St. Louis Pizza and Wings, some type of St. Louis pizza joint. Oh, I feel that. So I would say I would say that um, that would be my final meal. Yeah. Very. That's that's a good choice. I, I can I can I can get on board with that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, there's something about it. That's like I said, it's just you can't beat it. Mm-hmm. Well, John, thanks so much for all the time. Uh, we wish you good luck this weekend against Atlanta. Hopefully, we'd love for you to be man of the match again, but that probably means you're getting a lot of action, which we don't want. <laughs> right, right. Let's. Uh, no, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was a, it was a lot of fun, and um, yeah, hopefully we can pull a pull a result out against a, a pretty good Atlanta team here. Yeah, we, we can't wait to come see a game as well. We're going to have to come pick one where we can come see a few uh, STLC alum. Yeah. No, oh, make your uh, make your way down here. It's, it's not too bad of a drive. And, uh, you know, I even told told Pat Barry, um, obviously, former president of St. Louis. And I'm like, hey, whenever you want to come down here, you know, it's it's not too far away. So hopefully uh, hopefully a lot of people can uh, can come down and make the trip. Yes. So. Yeah, it'll be good road trip. See you, get some barbecue. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> well, we hopefully by then it. you'll have some uh, recommendations for exactly. barbecue joints for us. Exactly. I, I got you guys. I got you. Yes. <laughs> gotta gotta get that barbecue in. All, all right. Well, thanks again, John. All right, guys. Have a good one. Appreciate it. You do, you do as well. See ya.